Hello and welcome to Decision NYC with Ben Max. I'm Ben Max, your host and the executive editor of Gotham Gazette. The 2021 New York City election season is well underway and it's poised to be the most significant municipal election in decades. All of city government is on the ballot this year and because so few incumbents are eligible to run for re-election due to term limits, New Yorkers are electing many new office holders and the next roster of leadership for our city. There will be a new mayor of New York City elected here in 2021, as well as a new city controller, several new borough presidents, and many new city council members. And that's not all that's on the ballot. Several incumbents are eligible for and seeking re-election, including the city's public advocate. There's also a very crowded and competitive race for Manhattan District Attorney, and still more. Party primaries are set for June, and the general election will culminate on November 2nd. This is the first full set of municipal elections that will feature both early voting as well as the new ranked choice voting system. Ranked choice voting only applies to party primaries and special elections. We'll have a separate show just on ranked choice voting. This city election cycle would of course be of importance under normal circumstances, but it is quite clearly going to make or break the city's recovery from the damages of the COVID-19 pandemic and its many impacts on health, families, jobs, education, housing, and much, much more. It's also important to note, of course, that the city faced many crises even before COVID, and several of those have only gotten worse. So it's an important time of choosing here in New York City, and we're pleased to bring you this series of interviews with candidates running for citywide offices, mayor, public advocate, controller, as well as interviews with candidates for other offices like borough president and district attorney, and there will be debates eventually. These one-on-one -on -one conversations will help you to get to know the candidates better, learn about their platforms, their backgrounds, their vision, where they stand on key issues, and what they want to do if you choose them for the office they're seeking. So we hope this and other interviews will help you sort through your many choices and make informed decisions when it's time to vote. So today's interview, joining me now by Zoom, is Andrew Yang, a Democratic candidate for mayor of New York City. Andrew, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, Ben, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. And thank you for all you do for local news. Uh, people may not know, but check him out at the Gotham Gazette. Uh, we have to do more to, to get people information about what's happening in their community. And you've been doing it for years. Uh, so thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks. So for those who might be unfamiliar with you, how do you capture in just a couple minutes sort of your background before jumping into this race for mayor? We'll obviously spend the bulk of our time together on your, your pitch for the city and why you want to be the next mayor, but uh, give us a little overview of your background. Well, uh, Ben, when, when uh, I think about what got me to this point, um, I could talk about my career, uh, but I'm actually going to go a bit back a bit further. Uh, I was born in upstate New York to uh, immigrant parents, uh, and then they moved to Westchester County. Um, and, and so I grew up in the shadow of New York City, like seeing New York City as the center of the universe. And then I came here as a 21-year-old law student and never left. Uh, I met my wife, Evelyn, uh, about 10 years later from Queens. Uh, we now have uh, a son in public school here. Um, so New York City has been so good to me. Uh, it's given me everything. Uh, and I've had the kind of career that I literally could not have conceived of when I showed up here 25 years ago as a 21-year-old student. Um, and what I want to do is I want to preserve and sustain New York City as a place that enables people to build the kind of life, career, uh, business, uh, that they want for themselves. And it's all at stake, as you said, in this election, because um, there's no guarantee that New York City uh, snaps back and recovers the way we want it to. Uh, I believe I can help 
say a little bit more about, about your uh, work experience. You haven't worked in city government uh, on the campaign trail so far. You've talked about that in some ways as a positive, um, but talk a little bit about what couple of uh, private sector experiences you think most prepare you to be mayor of New York City. So I went to law school here in New York at Columbia. I practiced law um, for a little while, and then I left to start a business that did not work out. Um, and I kept working in early stage companies for the next 10 years or so. Eventually, I became the CEO of an education company um, that grew to, to become a bit bigger happily. Um, but I, I think that's really the way I, I tend to see the world is as someone who ran a small business. And if you run a small business in, in New York or any place, your customers just want you to deliver what you say you're going to deliver. Uh, they don't care particularly about any excuses or really about your politics ever. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of New Yorkers want right now from our agencies, our bureaucracies. We just want things to work better. And so if you are a small business operator, as I was for six and a half years, and again, that business uh, did grow to become quite significant. Um, you have to make the numbers work uh, and uh, you have to try and identify people that, that can grow um, with your organization and can take on big responsibilities. But you also have to see the problems for what they are. And right now, if you look around New York City, we are down 600,000 jobs, uh, 27,000 lives. Like we've lost friends, family, neighbors. Uh, over half a million people have gotten the coronavirus, including me. And uh, we're missing 60 million tourists who used to support about 300,000 of the missing jobs. Violent crime is up 94%. Hundreds of thousands of people have left New York City and may not come back. Um, so if you look at those problems, those are not political problems. Those are operational problems. And what we need to do is we need to activate uh, as many parts of New York City as possible, both inside and outside of government, to get back the 82% of missing commuters, the 60 million missing tourists, so that we can actually help some of our small businesses survive and reopen. So, so you're in a field um, where the leading contenders are a lot of folks who either held elected office or worked in government. There's also obviously a very high profile a banking executive, a nonprofit executive, and many other candidates. When it comes to being able to take over city government and lead this massive uh, operation that is city government with over 300,000 employees, a 90 plus billion dollar budget. What sets you apart there? How, what skills do you have that would make you the best leader of this massive operation that is city government? So first, again, I run this private growth company that became number one in the country. Um, and so that helped form me. But then after that, I started a national nonprofit from the ground up that served uh, thousands of people and stakeholders over time. And when you run a nonprofit, what you have to do is you have to set a vision and then you have to have people rally around that vision, sometimes when uh, you know, they may have a different interest. Uh, and so I think that training is actually a lot of what the city needs right now. We need to have a positive vision uh, and identify folks who want to head in that direction. Sometimes you know, it, it might be a little bit harder to get people on board, but uh, anyone who's run a nonprofit, I think, knows what I'm talking about, uh, that you need to be able to work with all sorts of people. And then after that, I ran for president, which is how many New Yorkers know me. Uh, and I ran for president on a vision of trying to humanize an economy that was turning on more and more people. Uh, and that campaign ended up activating millions of Americans. Uh, I am so excited that now cash relief 
uh, is something that our federal government is adopting and millions of New Yorkers will be getting $1,400 checks in part because of that effort. So if you look at that set of experiences over the last, gosh, at this point now, it's like 15 years or so, um, I think that's the kind of experience that we need to bring the city back. Now you had a you had a good bit of success as you were indicating with running um, Manhattan Prep, the test prep company, and then selling it to a larger company. But but some of these other efforts you've had have either underperformed uh, your expectations and your goals, or um, as you said, some of your early ventures just didn't work out at all. Can you? pitch yourself to New York City voters as a successful entrepreneur? Uh, is that, do you consider yourself to have been very successful as one? I think the best uh, of entrepreneurs um, are trying to solve meaningful problems, uh, have helped elevate uh, other people in their careers and their work, um, and also have organizations that have stood the test of time because the entrepreneur himself was not, you know, the end all be all. Um, and so if you look at Manhattan Prep, it's serving thousands of students to this day. Uh, my nonprofit is still going strong. Uh, and even my presidential campaign gave rise to a nonprofit that's fighting for cash relief. Um, so I'm really proud of the impact I've had and frankly of the problems I've been trying to solve. Um, so uh, do I think I've done enough? Um, I always wanna do more. It's one reason why I'm running for mayor is I think I can do a lot of good for the greatest city in the world. So. Someone comes up to you on the street, they're about to go into, into work or something, and they only have a minute and they say, all right, you seem, you seem energetic. I know you from the presidential campaign. Now you're running for mayor. What are a couple things you want to do for New York City? Like sell me, sell me in one minute on your big ideas. What are your, what are your couple? Oh, one minute, ideas? Ben. Such a yeah. challenge. Okay. Number one, we need to, to get our city's uh, economy open again uh, and working. Number two, uh, we need to make it more equitable. Uh, and I'm running on an anti-poverty platform uh, that includes a billion dollars in cash relief for the poorest New Yorkers. I wanna get broadband uh, to some of the 29% of New Yorkers who don't have it. I'm establishing a people's bank that will help get more people access to basic financial services. And number three, we have to improve the confidence of people in the city uh, that right now has been shaken badly, in part because of the rise in violent crime, 94% uh, year over year, uh, in the sense that, um, that uh, we just don't have the degree of safety and security when we're walking our own streets as we used to. What's the number one thing you'd point to for why you think violent crime jumped so high in 2020 in New York City? This was a nationwide trend. Do you think there was something unique about it here, do you think it was the same broad reasons across the country? What do you what do you get at there when you when you think about why after you know there were different years where things went in you know went up went down, but the trend really for decades has been down, and then we saw this really big jump last year. If you lose seven hundred thousand jobs now, six hundred thousand jobs in a community like New York City, and you have an unemployment rate that's twice the national average, there are going to be a lot of people uh, that are very uncertain or insecure about their futures, uh, and they may end up acting in very, very negative ways. Um, one of the, the quotes that Jumani Williams uh, said to me at an event that now, um, you know, I say everywhere is that hurt people hurt people. Uh, you know, that, it, that this city is badly wounded. Um, and that if you are struggling um, and you have a negative impulse, and there aren't frankly dozens of people on that subway car on that street that um, help uh, insulate you from acting on a negative impulse, 
um, then you may act on it, particularly if you are fueled by real material needs and deprivation, which more New Yorkers are because people are struggling. Um, so in a way, uh, and as you suggested, this is not a, solely a New York City phenomenon. I mean, it's happening in other environments, um, but just there's so much struggle and pain right now and, and that ends up uh, manifesting in really uh, dark and negative behaviors. And, and I will say on a personal level, uh, anti-Asian uh, incidents and violence uh, is up 900% to the extent we have numbers for that. Um, and that's something that many people feel, including me, like feel very, very deeply um, and painfully. Uh, but I have the same approach there, which is like, look, there's just so much pain and struggle right now. And if we can ease that, um, then it will make um, some of these problems better. But it doesn't sound like you think there are policing answers to this. I and mean, where, where does policing fit in? The concern I'd have on the policing level is that the clearance rate or the rates at which they solve crimes uh, is declining. Um, and so if you have rising crime and declining clearance rates, it's a terrible combination. Um, and, and so we need to hold police accountable, one, um, for any uh, civil rights abuses that may be inflicted upon New Yorkers, particularly New Yorkers of color. But two, they need to solve crimes. You know, like we, we need to feel confidence that if someone does commit a crime um, in New York City, that uh, they'll be um, apprehended eventually uh, and that they won't frankly be free to, to, to do something else very negative. Um, so there are a number of things that I've suggested I think would help immensely, um, including a civilian police commissioner who's independent of the NYPD culture, but also having new officers live in New York City. We require that of employees of other city agencies right now. Um, and if you can imagine having new officers in New York City, they would understand the communities that they're protecting and serving better and more natively. Um, but also they'd be commuting to work probably on the subway <laughs> or, or via public transportation. Um, they'd even be off duty just walking around. And so you'd have hundreds of people um, just uh, frankly, um, who are able to, to elevate uh, the public's uh, ability to respond to, to um, negative occurrences or crimes if they do happen um, in their community. Are there other ways you think um, policing needs to change in the city since we're on that subject? Are there, are there ways sort of on the other end of the spectrum? You know, there's, there's conversation that police have pulled back too much um, because they resent some of the political decisions that have been made, some of the laws that have been passed. Do you believe that? Do you think there's room for, in some ways, a more aggressive police force, but with some of the culture changes you've previously mentioned? So again, you have to do multiple things at once. Uh, the civil rights abuses in the NYPD are real. Uh, and you can see that in the hundreds of millions of dollars that the city spends settling lawsuits against abusive police officers every year. Um, so it's not like an isolated occurrence. It actually is a, a systemic problem. Um, but at the same time, police need to feel like they can um, do their jobs uh, and do them actively um, without fearing for their career anytime they get out of their police car because of like a negative social media video or something along those lines. Uh, and I agree with you that right now the NYPD's relationship with the current mayor is not um, facilitating uh, that kind of attitude. Um, that when I've spoken to folks who are close to the situation, they say that the NYPD um, is not policing as actively as they have uh, at other points in time. And that's something that hopefully a new mayor can change. Come back to um, your run for president leading into your run for mayor. Um, why do you think, um, what, what do you point to in terms of why you were able to sort of build a movement um, on your presidential run 
And now you have, um, you know, these very strong approval ratings, very strong likability ratings um, and leading the early polls in the mayoral race, which I'm wondering what you what you attribute that to. If, it, if you think it's, you know, sort of the broader name recognition from your from your presidential campaign. But first, what do, what do you think about you people responded to so positively? How do you boil that down? That's a great question, Ben. Uh, you know, uh, I, you would you would like that one, yes. <laughs> well, no, I mean, because genuinely, like, it, it's interesting for, for me to reflect on. I have not been a public figure for that long, um, and I think people sense that I'm fighting for them. Uh, when I ran for president, I advocated giving everyone a thousand dollars a month, which I thought was the right move. And people initially, uh, frankly, um, mocked that <laughs> proposal and said, like, you know, ha ha. Like there's this person, Andrew Yang, who wants to give everyone $1,000 a month. And then here we are not that long afterwards uh, when a majority of Americans now agree with a version of universal basic income. And we've sent out multiple rounds of cash relief um, uh, during the pandemic. Frankly, uh, like I genuinely am just a, a person who wants to help. Unfortunately, the uh, trust in various like elected officials and whatnot, um, uh, I believe has eroded over time. And so if someone sees another person who is trying to help, then they respond to that. They say, oh, like, I, I think this person genuinely wants to improve my way of life. And I genuinely do. Like, I want to improve the way of life for everyone in our city. And I think there are really uh, powerful things that we can do uh, to help. And, and one thing I'll return to that I mentioned earlier, 12% of New Yorkers right now don't have a bank account. And so they're spending hundreds of dollars uh, they don't have every month or year on check cashers, money lenders, uh, pawn shops um, that uh, are uh, exploiting them. And so if we're the world's financial capital and uh, you have hundreds of thousands of New Yorkers getting uh, exploited in this way, we should change it. Uh, you know, So I'm, I'm launching a people's bank that will help get bank accounts to, to folks who right now uh, don't think that there's a place for them in our financial system. Now, that's not something that frankly, there are that many interest groups fighting for. Um, because the folks I'm talking about, you know, aren't um, necessarily uh, able to participate as political activists because they're just trying to make ends meet. Um, but it's the right thing to do. Um, it's going to help our city, help our economy, help the, these people and their families. And so people sense that about me is that I'm not someone who's walked around and then frankly, just taking cues from, um, from like a particular person who's like pushing for a policy. I'm just trying to provide. And you, one of the tenets of your campaign now as mayor is, is not quite universal basic income. There's reasons for that in terms of not being able to control taxation and some of the things that would need to really make your presidential campaign proposal happen on the city level. But you have a, a basic income proposal for um, a significant number of New Yorkers, about a half a million who are in the deepest poverty um, to get them at least roughly $2,000 a year. You've said that you would try to bring in philanthropic funding as well to pay for that, but you're opposed to tax increases in, in New York. How do, you, how do you square that? I mean, is, is there a way that you would be able to um, bring in enough private funding to really scale this proposal? Or do you think as mayor, it's just not something that you'd really try to scale to that larger degree? Oh, I would love to scale it. And I think most oh, I New Yorkers know it. that if I, I have my brothers, uh, we'd be giving everyone a thousand bucks a month, <laughs> but but we don't have that capacity. But only if it could come from the federal level. No, no, I mean, I, I, but the city does not have that capacity. And so we have to be more uh, targeted. 
and tactical. Mm -hmm. um, I also want to return to a question um, or a statement you had, Ben. I am not against higher taxes uh, in, in New York City. I mean, there are clearly people that have been incredibly successful um, that can afford to, to pay more and pay their fair share. Um, uh, and okay. some of the things I'm proposing um, will likely end up uh, being um, revenue generating and effectively higher taxes on folks uh, who can afford them. Um, but okay. my, my goal is to start with a billion dollar commitment to alleviate extreme poverty in New York City. I think we can grow from there. And I think we can do, do so in a way that's going to help solve several problems at once. Um, so one of my goals is to help small businesses recover. Um, and I would like for this buying power that we're going to put into the hands uh, of New Yorkers who are struggling to go to locally owned small businesses rather than uh, Amazon or, or you know, big company X um, that, that doesn't um, have as much value flow directly to New York families and communities. Um, uh, but we're, we're committing a billion dollars a year um, and I'd love to see it grow. But to grow, you would need philanthropic funding, as you've said, or where, how does it grow? Um, I think philanthropic funding would be one source. Um, one thing that I'm very excited about uh, is that it looks like we have at least a bit of a bridge operationally where uh, this latest relief bill is going to include $6 billion for New York City, which should plug our, plug our budget hole for at least a year. And then uh, I think an infrastructure bill will follow. Um, but in order to grow, you'd be looking at a combination of uh, philanthropic sources um, uh, and city funding. And what kind of philanthropic sources are you envisioning? Uh, I, I'm happy to say I've talked to some, some folks who are very interested in uh, universal basic income and cash relief uh, and various things. And they say New York, they see New York City as an ideal um, place to, to send this message. It's one reason why I was endorsed or I have been endorsed by uh, Martin Luther King's son, Martin Luther King III, who sees New York City as an ideal environment to put some of his father's beliefs and policies into practice. Um, there are other people that are uh, philanthropically, philanthropically inclined um, that want to see this succeed. But, but I'm going to suggest that this is one reason why I think uh, I would make um, uh, an excellent mayor is that like, I'm not going to confine myself to the agencies themselves. I and mean, we need to get the agencies working, but there's so much talent so much ingenuity, so much energy in other parts of New York City that don't work for city government. Getting our government working again is mission critical, but we can't stop there. We need to get other people invested in the city's success. You're focusing a lot of your campaign on uh, people who are struggling the most. Uh, and again, that's, that's true uh, pretty much across the board for Democratic candidates, uh, as we'd expect, especially in a city with so much need and so much poverty, even before COVID. Um, but at the same time, you're asking those folks who, who are in the most need, as well as everybody else, to take a pretty big leap of faith on you, right, as sort of an unknown quantity locally, um, you know, for better and worse, we've got, like I said, some elected officials and some longtime city servants where we can sort of really pick apart their commitment to local civic life and government, they've got negatives, they've got positives. But this is a pretty big leap of faith you're asking people to take in you to, to turn over the keys of city government at such a perilous time with so much on the line for them, don't you think? Well, Ben, that's one way of looking at it. But another way of looking at it would be if you think that our government agencies and bureaucracies have failed to meet this moment and have not been operating to your satisfaction for years and years, do you really think that taking someone who's been embedded in that system uh, it, 
is going to be safer or riskier depending upon what you think the needs of this time are. Uh, like I would suggest that having someone with varied experiences who's proven an ability to build relationships with, for example, the president, the vice president, the secretary of transportation, the Senate majority leader who can activate resources for New York City, that is a safer bet. <laughs> you know what I mean? That taking someone who's been rattling around these systems that have not been coming through for us. Point, point taken for sure. And I think that appeals to a lot of people. But at the same time, it, you're asking people to also let you manage city government. And so talk about your growth as a manager, as a leader. There have been a number of stories, especially during your presidential campaign, about um, both, both in your uh, prior entrepreneurial activities and in the campaign about misogynistic culture in these organizations, about challenges with sort of managing as things scale up. Are, are those things you want to uh, assuage people are no longer issues? Are you taking some kind of different approach in your mayoral campaign to make sure that those things don't happen? How have you sort of grown and changed on that front and, and ensuring that, that past uh, issues don't come up again? Ben, I'm very proud of the work we've done uh, in each of my organizations, uh, elevating people of every background, including amazing women leaders. And there are incredible women who worked on my presidential who are now helping to lead my mayoral campaign. Uh, and so really the, the question is, how are we going to get the city heading in a better direction? And I'm someone who's going to get the most talented, dedicated people working in city hall and in these agencies that uh, frankly, in my mind, could use people with very deep government experience. And I would very much want to uh, surround myself with folks uh, who've been working in these environments uh, because these are very complex organizations and you need folks who know how to, to move bureaucracies in a particular direction. But we also need to enlist people uh, who have uh, industry experience, who might be from outside New York City. Uh, and I'm the kind of person that just wants the best people around me and wants to create a culture where they, they can do their best work. They're not going to be fearful of, frankly, like a negative press cycle or uh, that their mayor is going to like, you know, throw them under the bus if like, you know, uh, if someone's mad about something, I'm going to be their heat shield. Uh, I'm going to stand up front and say, hey, if you have any, like, you know, anyone you want to um, uh, ask questions of, you can ask me. And then if there's credit to be given, like it can go, go to my team. Um, that's the kind of environment we're going to need if we're gonna get the best people uh, involved in leading the city's recovery. All right, we're, we're running low on our time here. I have, I have three last quick questions for you. We have to unfortunately keep them quick. You voted for Cynthia Nixon in the Democratic primary in 2018. Do you think New York State would be in better shape today if she had, if she had won that election? I liked a lot of what Cynthia um, had to say and to offer. Um, and, you know, you can't sort of imagine an alternate version <laughs> of, of the world. You got to take the world as it is. Um, mm -hmm. But, um, you know, like, uh, yeah, I was excited by her candidacy. Can you name one, one thing that, that excited you uh, about it? Well, you know, I, I think that she put her finger on the fact that there was like a culture in Albany that she wanted to help shift and change. Um, and, and I think she was right. And lastly, um, with a brief explanation, what, what letter grade would you give Mayor Bill de Blasio for his tenure? Oh my gosh, that is so rough, man. This is like putting me in a position to like, you know, like do something that I'm very, very reluctant to do because 
you know, like I, I, I think um, I'm a positive person um, and I, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like uh, dislike throwing rocks at people who are in very, very difficult positions. Um, but I think a lot of New Yorkers are ready for a new mayor um, and uh, I'll leave it at that. Okay. And lastly, um, a political hero, past or present, um, someone you consider a role model, maybe you don't completely agree with them on everything, but uh, who would you name as a political role model or hero of yours? One of the high points of my campaign uh, for president was meeting Bernie Sanders. Uh, I supported him during his 2016 run. He's a political hero of mine. I just thought he was such like a fighter for the people, uh, just honest through and through, like completely selfless. Uh, and then when we met um, uh, on the trail and he said that he liked me, like I felt like a thrill. I felt like I've been blessed by, you know, like uh, the Godfather. Um, so he, he's someone who inspired uh, my presidential run um, and so grateful to him for continuing to fight for the people in the Senate. Um, yeah, he, he's someone I, I've looked up to for a long time. All right, Andrew Yang, a lot of things um, we, we got to talk over, which was good, a lot more to discuss in the coming weeks and months of the campaign, but thanks for taking the time today. Of course, thank you, Ben, this was tremendous. And thank you for watching Decision NYC with Ben Max. Key decisions for New York City voters are coming up in the June primaries and fall general election. There's a lot on the line for all of us and the future of New York City. I hope this conversation and others are helpful to you as you sort through your choices and get ready to vote. I'm Ben Max, see you next time.